Hey, I've got another episode of the Project Natty Goat podcast here for you. Uh, but right before we get into that, if I could ask for your help, please. Um, a lot of people are sharing the podcast to their stories on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And I really appreciate it. Like, it really does mean a lot that people are kind of responding well to this. And just thank you for that. Um, so if you can keep that up, I will dance at your weddings. Or I'll write you into me, or I'll write you into me will. Not that I've got fucking anything to give you, like. But um, if I can also ask you as well, just to leave a five-star review on like, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, look, I know fuck all about this stuff. <laughs> I'm just copying what the other podcasters say. I do need to actually learn how to do this shit properly. But for now, let's just go with that. Keep sharing. Give us a five-star review. If you think it's a five-star podcast... If you think it's a one-star podcast, still give us a five-star review. Fuck it. We're all friends here. Right. Um, so, thank you for your support. And enjoy the episode. Okay, it's time, Huns, for another episode of the podcast. Um, today's guest is Eric Helms. Um, do you know what it is? I didn't even ask Eric for a list of his accolades. But fuck me, I wouldn't want to type them all up anyway. He is some boy. Like, one of the smartest people I know. And, like, he doesn't throw it in your face the way a lot of other smart fucking people in the fitness industry do. Like, he's just, he's up for a laugh all the time. He's got a good way of explaining things in a simple manner, but also knowing the science back, like, back to front. Um... Just a really fucking down to earth guy, and we first really kind of um, got chat, got chatting, and got a bit friendly. Oh, easy. Um, at it would have been 2017 Worlds, and then we spent some time together. The like the next few days after that um, at the EPC, and we just had a lot of good chats over breakfast and stuff like that. And it's like it was kind of like. I don't know, it was a bit eye-opening. For, that that was like an eye-opening experience for me because that was like kind of one of the first times where I realised that a lot of the stuff that I was, like, a lot of the stuff that I was gravitating towards, talking about with regards to training and things like that, were being backed up by the likes of Eric, um, although a lot more eloquently than how I put things. But, you know, the sentiment's still there. It's still the same sort of thing, and it's just like... It was nice to just kind of be on the right lines with somebody like that who is so well respected in the industry. It's two pigeons fighting on me roof. Fucking get in. Not my roof, the neighbour's roof. Once he flew off. Ah, he's fucking bo- Oh no, he's gone after him. No, he hasn't. Opposite direction. Fuck's sake. Anyway. Ah, it was like just. It was just nice. Just nice to see that like a lot of the stuff that I was always preaching about, like. Because. Like, my bag's strength, you know? And the stuff with, like, nutrition and stuff like that, like, a lot of the stuff that I've been telling people that, like, I've kind of just... Like, I've learned it over the years myself through reading and things like that, but, like, I've also, like, just came to a lot of my own conclusions that I haven't necessarily looked up and to see that I was on the right lines with that sort of stuff from people like that just meant everything to me because, like, I don't know... It's nice to be respected in what you do, isn't it? Right. 
So, yeah, this episode was cool. We just talked about how the lockdown affected him because Eric lives in New Zealand. <sighs> and they weren't massively affected in terms of deaths and things like that. But um, you see, like, they had a pretty rigid lockdown, which we'll get into during the episode. We talked about how the lockdowns affected his training, um, what his competitive plans are, things like that, and had a little bit of a bitch about the way people are and binary thinking and stuff like that. And it was just a really, really nice chat, and it's definitely something that I'm enjoying doing. Like, as I say, I've said it a few times, it's just an excuse for me to catch up with me, me pals. And, like, if, if they can get a few followers out of it, then it's nice for me. So it kind of... It fits into my low self-esteem to where I don't want to talk to people unless I feel like, they, like, like they're going to get something out of it. And it's helping me because it's making sure that I'm getting the same friends and just speaking to different faces and things like that, you know? Oh, the weight cut starts today. Um, little mini cut, see where I get. Well, it doesn't really. Like, I'm going to spend a couple of days just eating big and seeing what my body weight is actually at because I haven't weighed myself. In fact, no, I'm not going to weigh myself. I don't want to. I just want to see if I can get in better shape and that's it. So I'm not going to weigh myself. Um, so going to have a few more days of eating big because I kind of decided on a whim that I was going to um, do this and then, like, realise that... I want to eat some more shit before I start fucking cutting some calories and stuff. Why the fuck not? But anyway, story for another day. Right, let's get into the episode. Number 52, I believe. Monsieur Eric Hurst Helmsley. What's up, man? Morning, bud. How's it going? I'm well. Good. Uh, um, good. Good evening to you. Will you do us a favor, please? Yes. Will you just quickly just like lean down a little bit so I can see this bed head in its full force? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see my bed head. Let's do it. Oh man, you got to work on that, dude. <laughs> Lumpy. It's yeah. me bed tasha. I'm worried about. Say again. It's me bed. It's me bed, Tasha. I'm worried about because I sleep on one side, so like oh. it's all fucked up in the morning. And if I don't, if I don't take the uh, the oil off, don't take the wax off. This one's just perfectly pristine. Oh, so you get you just get the the, the one squiggle, and then yeah, the other one's just kind of like it's fucking up your whole balance, man. <laughs> I love it, man. How are you doing? Better now that I'm talking to you. Oh, so. oh, I was I was so worried for a second there. Yeah, my leg fell off. Put it back on. I'm good. No, no, it's really good to talk to you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's class catching up. Like, I was just thinking, like, how how effective how effective have you been with this whole quarantine thing? Because it didn't hit New Zealand all that bad, did it? 
It was, well, like we, um, so I was in Costa Rica in, like I got there mid, like early mid-Feb. And it was right before things started kicking off. And I was like, eh, I'm going from a low transmission com- uh, country to another low transmission country. Then two days after I get there, uh, the PM announces that we're going to keep the borders. Uh, like that if you come back into the country, you have to do a two-week self-isolation. Oh, and then the next day, the president of Costa Rica announces they're going to close the borders. Um, I think they, the day after I fly out, um, which was one thing like, that's oh, not a big deal today after I fly out. But the, uh, the host of the, the seminar that I was at, he knew someone who worked at the airport and he was like, well, they're closing incoming flights now. So like you can, you can leave the borders, but if planes don't come in, there's no planes to go out on. So, oh. so I moved my flight up. And then, uh, then, so there's a two things rapidly happening. And then, so I'm flying home and then while I'm on the flight home, uh, they changed the rules to go into allowing only, uh, permanent residents and citizens to come back into New Zealand. So fortunately I am a, I am a permanent resident, but stuff was just happening every day. Jeez. So then, so then I went into uh, two week isolation and thinking, all right, I'll do that. Then everything's fine. But it was only a week before the whole country went into lockdown. And then I was like, well, I guess everyone's in isolation. So there was seven weeks total. We had four weeks of like hardcore lockdown through three weeks of pretty much lockdown. And then, uh, then we were in level two, which is like social distancing measures, um, central businesses, stuff like that. Um, for another two weeks. And then we actually hit, zero total cases so we achieved eradication but it was from a hardcore period now basically everything is normal just our borders are closed so that's tremendous yeah i mean i honestly think that um the government handled it really well here they kind of watched the rest of the world shitting the bed sounds like one of the rare one of the rare exceptions because everybody else just seems to have just fucking handled it so badly yeah i mean we're we're, we're a small island nation um, that is also a first world country and can kind of watch everyone else doing it wrong and then deciding to be different. Yeah. But also, also, yeah, kudos to the, uh, the, the, the powers that be. I think they handled it pretty well. Right. So I think I'm going to look to move to New Zealand pretty soon then. Yeah, I mean, our borders are closed, so good luck. <laughs> no, no, like, just, you know, when, when, it, when everything's back to normal and, like, all that sort of stuff happens, like, I'll happily, like, I want to live somewhere where my, where I know my government's just got the shit down. Well, I have to say, let me just say this as an American, I'm happy to be in New Zealand. I'll leave it that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Right now, we're not getting into this. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a, oh, what's the move? What, what's, what's the word? I'm pulling rank. You, I'm pulling rank. Go. We are not talking about this. It's important uh, for you. Nah. Yeah, you don't you don't have to twist my arm to do that. Oh so. my god, man. I'm fucking over it all. Mm. I've deleted Facebook and everything off my phone. Just like because I'm just naturally gravitating towards looking at all that shit. I just got it off my phone. Can't be bothered. It's it tough, all. man. It's there's a lot going on and there's some balance that everyone needs to find between you know speaking their peace and keeping their peace. And and I think yeah. those two things are sometimes at odds so i don't blame you at all it's like everybody just wants to be right and it's just like nobody has a discussion because you because if you're in a shitty mood 
and you read uh, you read a Facebook post, you're going to read that in a shitty negative context. You're yeah. going to think it's attacking you personally if you feel just even slightly connected to one of the points that they've made. You'll call mm-hmm. them out in the comments trying to make your point right, and then they'll do the same backwards and forwards, and nobody has this discussion in the middle, and it just pisses me off, mate. Yeah, it's funny that people who want there to be productive conversations like you and myself, we get triggered by the, the, so they're getting triggered by something and having a fucked up conversation. And then I get triggered by their fucked up conversation, no matter what it's about, if it's just not productive. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's so So, pointless. It's just so pointless. And then like Mm -hmm. these same people, they'll complain that they don't feel connected to other people and things like that. And it's like, well, I, because... Everybody looks at Facebook and things like that as like one of the main sources of communication. And all you're doing is just constantly putting up fucking barriers. Like, you know, like if Steve, you, I don't, if you I don't know, do man. This, I think if your, you walk out in the street and you yell at random people, you should feel pretty connected, right? That, that's a very social <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, I just don't understand why people just don't see how they're not doing themselves any favors. It yeah. Just, I, oh, uh, annoys me. Well, yeah, it, it it is frustrating to see important issues get talked across one another. You know, yeah. and uh, that's one thing I remind myself is that um, social media isn't actually where change happens. You know, it's just where emotions are expressed. So yeah. I hope when 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 people actually sit down at the table, that I'm imagining they sit at the table. They're probably on Zoom right now. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm imagining when they when they actually have these discussions, they're they're hopefully I mean, man, it's tough to imagine it in the States, but at least in some places maybe they're having productive discussions. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they are in New Zealand and that's all you should care about. Yeah, that's a hang my hat on the Shire right now. So. That's all I care about for you. Cheers, brother. So Aww. things are good here. Yeah, we're, we're How very fortunate. We? So, yeah. <laughs> Mate, so <sighs> what, are you doing, what, what are you doing training-wise? Are you competing in anything anytime soon? Yeah, so that was another thing that, uh, that, that COVID obviously changed. So I had the, which we've talked about, um, I was going to do the, like the, the, the triathlon of, 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 of strength athlete. I was going to do a strongman comp. I was going to do a weightlifting meet and I was going to do a powerlifting meet in the same year. That was my 2020 goal with the overriding goal to be uh, uninjured in that process. Um, <laughs> arguably the most challenging of the three. Um, so that changed. I was meant to do an Olympic weightlifting meet in April. Uh, obviously that didn't happen. We were on yeah. lockdown. Um, and then I was meant to do a strongman comp and it was like 90% sure that Omar was going to come out here and we were going to do Auckland strongman together in May. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was going to, from then I was going to take a lot of time to get better at powerlifting because, um, arguably that's where I'm closest to probably my, my current potential so I, I, it's easy to raise the you know to improve a skill oh, yeah. when you only done it's it easy to, it's easy to get good in powerlifting like it's just, there's no skill involved yeah well, well what i'm saying no is it's, it's easier for me like in general yes it's easier to get better in powerlifting than a strongman olympic weightlifting but for me because i've been powerlifting for 15 years it's easier to get better in olympic weightlifting and strongman because i've only done them the the movements far less than powerlifting. So I wanted to have like a good six months to improve my powerlifting total 
so that I could actually get on the platform and, and beat my prior self. So I had like the April, May, and then like November is the, is the competition plans. But um, yeah, so it, it all got kind of changed with, with COVID. Omar obviously can't come out here and do the, the, the strongman comp. Um, the strongman comp got moved. The weightlifting comp got moved. Um, and I was on lockdown with not a, not a, not a home gym. I had, um, some adjustable dumbbells that I bought and some bands and I had a barbell that I was allowed to borrow with 90 kilos of weight. So a barbell with 90 kilos, all you can really do that's challenging as far as competition lifts is the Olympic lifts yeah. uh, and mostly snatch. So I basically just did like a, a seven week snatch specialization cycle with like dumbbell and body weight bodybuilding, which was fun but it got a little tedious and interestingly enough it made me get really like intrinsically motivated um and i was less interested in like doing this the goal of the, the trifecta and i was like man i really want to get better at olympic lifting so now i've decided to commit to making 2020 just about getting better at olympic lifting improving my mobility um not even benching dude for the first time in my like my whole oh, lifting life not even incline. I'm doing. Oh, but it's but it's basically overhead press. No, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It is for 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 uh, the way people do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you watch a bodybuilder overhead press, yes, he's doing an incline <laughs> press most of the time. I agree. That was but, that's uh, why I always tell myself because I fucking hate overhead pressing. I'm so shit at it, so I just go. Yep. Incline's basically the same thing. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's a great way of feeling better about your numbers. Oh, yeah. you're right, it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, like the uh, the bodybuilding work I'm doing is is uh, limited, but it's enough to you know not lose any size, and it's also I'm trying to do it in a way that actually helps me. So, like instead of benching, I'm doing this like this pec deck, and I put myself in the most stretched position. So it's like trying to work on my actual mobility, uh -huh. um, and then I do like pullovers where I'm like here so it puts me in a stretched shoulder flexion i do a pullover and i do like hangs mm -hmm. and then chin you know so so anyway i'm not going to lose my 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 precious boobies but i probably won't be coming out of out of my olympic lifting a uh, year with with just like yeah let's slap 140 on there and do a triple that's that's yeah Maybe, that's but it'll come back quick it'll be fine it will it'll Absolutely. come back quick and your shoulders are going to be fucking jacked so that's so that speed off the chest will be fucking incredible yeah, I think it, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Surprise yourself, and that might get you to 140. Hey, I just like the attitude. Being able to get 140 to that kind of mid, to that little sticking point. Mm. If you're not strong enough to do that, you might actually just be able to get that anyway. I mean, I'm not going to... Oh, no. Oh, he's froze. Zoom's been amazing up until now. And we're back. Dude, the power just went out in my place. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you on a desktop, like not your laptop? I was on a laptop, and it went off. Oh, was it the well, Wi-Fi? The Wi-Fi, everything. Oh, yeah. god, of course, I'm such a fucking tit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, right, mate. So, so it, was, it's, it was pretty cool that you were talking talk about the stuff that you were gonna get going for your 2020 so before the covid with you doing the mm -hmm. strength triathlon so yeah i've just like pretty much like there's, there's a switch went off in me recently where i'm really just knuckling down and training hard and everything now 
And um, mm-hmm. so like, I feel like Project Natty Goats actually started. So nice. me mate, so this is fucking outrageous, right? Me mate's been living in this place for like eight months. And then he's only just recently found out that there's a fucking free garage that is that he's got access to. Like, so him, so him and his, him and my other mate, they've been ripping the garage out, making a little mini gym. And then awesome. to say I was the first person to go and train there, just fucking deadlift at three hundred. Hey, so you've got the no, meager weights for you, my friend. So, uh, so we've just love being able to do that, you know. I haven't touched a barbell in four months, man. It's fucking class. (laughs) That's amazing. So the so the lockdown situation there is such that you can this can be like your your bubble and you can go train with them in that garage or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like you're allowed to go to up to six different households or something like that. Mm -hmm. I go like two. Okay, so you you got a few more around all that much, like. Whenever I do go meet mates, it's always out in the open. I don't really go to them at, like that many houses. Right. And if I do, it's just cool. to like sit on the front drive and talk to them. I'd never go in the house, never go in the back garden. So, mm-hmm. and fucking hell, I couldn't give a fuck now. Like, <laughs> there's just so many people just out and about in the street on the beaches and all that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, fucking, yeah. like, I'm not, there's the level of risk that I'm taking by going to a garage where only I can fit in anyway. Like mm-hmm. they, them two were like sat outside watching because like there was that little space in there, so like nice. I was taking very little risk by doing that. There's people awesome. fucking, there's people climbing over each other trying to get cake in in fucking Asda. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that's uh, that's it sounds like the the ridiculousness is not restricted to the US. Nobody cares anymore, just... man. Like you know, mm-hmm. the second all these protests and all that started. Everyone, like, just right, forgot about, everyone just forgot about the, like, the social distancing and everything. So then everybody was, so then that then sets off the fucking chain reaction of, oh, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then before you know it, it's perfect that we're talking about a communicable disease. Yeah. Like that was. Like, <laughs> so, so what did you have access to before this, uh, this, 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 this garage? Um, I had bands, my body, hills, all that sort of stuff. I did a lot of running. Uh, I made mm-hmm. some sandbags. So I had a, I've made a 20 kilo sandbag, a 50 kilo sandbag, and a 75 kilo sandbag. And I've That's just been awesome. doing squats with that, carries with that. Um, I was I had little Hessian sandbags that I've been doing farmers' walks with. Mm-hmm. I've just been just proper just getting primitive with it. It's been fucking class. I've yeah, man. Really that, I, I've been doing this whole time. That's good, dude. I've I've really enjoyed watching people get creative. Like people who Mate, I like swear to build God, squat like, racks out of wood and shit. I, think I it's feel really like it's making me a better coach. Like, I'm going to totally change the way I train people after this. Like I've yeah, gotten so much that's... better from the things that I've been doing. And almost being in a gym and having squat racks and plate loader machines and all that, it's just, it's too easy. You just fucking go, right, I'll have them squatting and then we'll overhead press and then we'll do a load of back pulls. And it's just like, I can do all that stuff outside in a field. Mm-hmm. With TRX, bands, sandbags. And it's just like, it just makes it a lot more fun. It's way more effective and it's better for them. And then I can just give them a program to go and do in the gym because like, if you're an adult, you should be able to fucking teach yourself with YouTube how to lift. You shouldn't need yeah. somebody to be there every single session to fucking hold your hand. And I just can't be arsed with it anymore. No, I think, I think there's... um 
a certain level of resilience and resourcefulness that people probably didn't anticipate they would get out of this if they actually committed to keep training. Um, that is a nice silver lining because yeah. I was like, I learned how to do handstand pushups, you know, yeah. um, I got really good at figuring out how to fit into a very small car, a barbell. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would drive to uh, Western park, which is a local park here. And I would load up 90 kilos and I would like power clean it, popping onto my back and then I would do this it became like my warm-up and my transportation I would walk across the field with 90 kilos on my back yeah. until I got to this one flat part of ground and I would do my Olympic lifting in the grass and then I had to control it on the way down so I'm not digging holes in the, in the park so people are going to trip while they're running and shit you know Mate, you'll love <laughs> this then you'll love this so it was my birthday just like a few weeks back and me mate birthday. Me, me mate, oh thank you man me, and me mate bought me a sandbag um and I just couldn't sleep this one night. It was like, it was Saturday. So it was Friday night, Saturday morning. I got zero sleep. And then I just, like, there was some, one of my neighbors was playing fucking rave music at three in the morning. That kept us up. And then just as I was about to get to sleep, his fucking dog started barking for about half an hour. So I just thought, mm. fuck it. I got up, made some coffee, walked over to the beach. I think that was about seven or eight K, what I make, what I am, um, the route that I took. Took the sandbag, filled the filled the sandbag up to the top with twenty five kilos of sand, and then carried it back home five k. It was <laughs> fucking horrible. <laughs> I love it. So you went to the beach to to come back from the beach. That's yeah. Great. <laughs> so now I've got so now I've got this bright orange sandbag in my back garden. Hey man, you ready to rock? Man, it's class though, but it's just like it's made me just get so simple with me training. And it's just mm. like, I just set me night running club app on, set 10 minutes time, get one of my sandbags and see how much distance I can cover. Rest, yeah, come back. And it's just like, it's just, it's one of those things Like I'm not getting caught up in like how many sets and reps that I'm doing. I'm just trying to get further each time that I do stuff like that. It's made me a better athlete. It's made me a better coach. And like the reason that I kept up my training was because I knew that when everything opened back up, I knew that if I just switched my focus a little bit, like I would probably, if I was to, if I was to get a little bit scientific with it, I would say that I've been just pretty much having like a four month GPP. Mm -hmm. I've just been doing 20 minute sessions here and there and just like, just really just not focusing on any one thing. So then yeah. like I knew that if I just did that approach, I would get creative with my training. I come up with new ideas for clients and all that sort of stuff. But I also knew that when we got back to the gym, my recovery between sets would be better. My recovery between sessions would be better. Like I would just, my mobility would still be maintained. So I just knew that I was just making like chicken salad out of chicken shit. Absolutely. You know, and it's just like everybody was just focusing on the wrong things and just like dwelling on the things that they couldn't do. And they yes. just missed out on so much, on so many things that they could do. First thing I did was took a skipping rope home from the gym mm -hmm. and I just got good at skipping. Yeah, man. That's, I think that, that, that uh, perspective is so important for athletes because that's exactly what you have to do if you get hurt. You know, yeah. you, if you dwell on, on what you can't do, man, that's some of the most depressing injuries you can have. But if you yeah. focus on what you can, like how many powerlifters have you seen who have hurt a hip or their knee or their back and they be, and they improve their bench, you know, yeah. like, 
like like that that's kind of the classic story and i think this is just a slightly more complex version of that yeah um it's probably been a really good experience for all of the hashtag optimal boys and girls you yeah. know who are like you said who get really scientific with it and and you know and like you know my audience i'm those are my people like i talk to them yeah. all the time most of the time i'm trying to get them to be a little less uh, obsessive compulsive but oh, there's nothing really like I'm, do you know what? i'm so happy you yeah. said that and acknowledge that I'm yeah, absolutely. so happy you acknowledge that. Like, here's the thing. Like, I know you. Like, you're one of the few people who I would actually say sounds exactly the way that they do in a post and then they can in person. <laughs> 90% of people on Instagram, <clears throat> they just want to sound more intellectual than they actually are. Like, but I'm I actually feel, a nerd. Like, I feel like I'm pretty intellectual. <laughs> But I just put all my posts across like I'm fucking talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just drop in fucking F-bombs here and there because that's what I'm like all the time. I don't fucking try and be poetic. I just fucking yep. talk about what's on my mind, you know what I mean? But I just Absolutely. feel like everybody wants to... I just feel like everybody's so insecure with, them, with themselves these days that they just want to just, like, seem like they're more intelligent than they actually are. Like, I seen one guy say, like, um, he, was, he was critiquing his own deadlift video <clears throat> this is actually a pretty high like a high level coach as well to be fair and he goes as you can see my dead the way i deadlift really recruits my um my my really recruits my lower back and i was just like as opposed to what other deadlift you fucking knacker <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely like yeah. because of the way he's put his feet it's like fuck off man you're just trying to sound more intelligent than you actually are but if you just go, yeah, yeah me deadlift's fucking mint. You'll get the same amount of likes. You probably get more. Yeah, yeah, fucking absolutely. Man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think I'm essentially a, a bit of a, a subversive in the in like the scientific community. Like, I'm, I absolutely think that being rational and, and learning this stuff is, is important. But in the end, it's just lifting weights. Like, we're I'm not actually teaching people to become rocket scientists, yeah. you know, over Instagram. And man, I tell you what, nothing pisses me off more than when I try to read, or more often when my, one of my students or friends tries to read a scientific paper and it's so full of jargon. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like an applied study on hypertrophy. I'm like, yeah. just, just be honest about it. This is a paper about getting jacked. You're using the scientific <laughs> yes. method. That's amazing. But we don't need to be like, you know, using jargon purposefully or the passive voice or this complex uh, grammar and, and uh, just like, you know, there, there, are, there are papers out there in like the world of physics where they're actually intelligent, not just a lot of sports science who want to pretend to be intelligent. And they are very honest and funny and chill. Like, like there's, a, there's a paper where it's a, a chemical analysis of feces and the, the title of it is called like analysis of a piece of shit and it got through peer review it's and it's just like you know they're joking around they know like science is fun it's all good we're all smart I fucking love that. but then then you go into some sports science papers and it's like you know this is way more over, over complicated than it needs to be for the yeah. topic and i'm like dude i know you like <laughs> the conference we, we talked about getting a pump like come on like just chill out you know right and like, this is make the this accessible well. this is yeah. the problem as well where 
we make the um the abstract available and then not necessarily the full paper but most people don't have the attention span to read through the full paper anyway and they wouldn't understand it so they read the abstract and they just interpret it the way they want to do it they interpret it to confirm yeah. their bias for a lot of the time and it's just like oh it's like i love it when people like you can like you understand this to the fucking like to that kind of level but you also can explain it in such a simple way i try man that's and that's, that's just, a huge compliment not you're that, basically saying that that there's i'm not I'm, enough I'm of that going around so. there's not enough of that yeah. going around because it's just like everyone's just it's a big fucking dick swinging contest mm. everyone's just trying to like out out science everybody else and it's just like again it takes me further away from that bit in the middle yeah it's it, 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 it I, I feel like it leads people to this really binary thinking it does and it's very like, much can and it's 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 not a good thing mm -hmm. too many people don't appreciate that like change happens in the middle every time change happens in the middle it's when you find that right balance where you can then start taking progressive steps forwards over the long haul it doesn't happen mm -hmm. on one end of the spectrum ne very rarely does it happen on one end of the spectrum it has to happen in the middle and the way that yeah. we communicate and the way we interpret information and everything it it's it's sending them away from that year after year it's weird yeah i think um the way people like signal things relate to information uh join groups and when they get new exposed to new ideas all these things interact with one another and, and then um it's a tough thing like if you've been in the fitness industry long enough you know that we we have like a, the guru model is still there even though people talk about like oh gurus mm -hmm. but now it's, it's just like gurus use science exactly it's more yeah. scientific gurus now absolutely so i think you have to if you want to take up the mantle of you know like evidence-based practice mm -hmm. and you actually do also know what that means it's not just you know pubmed abstracts it's like <laughs> experience the preferences of the clients and science uh, and they're equal then you also have to take up the i would say like the 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 marketing model if you will of of something that aligns with that because if you're saying hey you know i'm a I'm a rational skeptic and I'm open-minded and you know I'm open to learning all this stuff but then you try to apply the guru model to that like it doesn't work no like if you watch the people who I mean it does work unfortunately but it, it, it serves to give people science as a religion you know they 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 just listen to you and your interpretation of everything so like I think you you see it a lot of the times like the uh, the version of it in the, in the science communities that is the, the anti-guru you know, like you spend all your time talking shit about bro science. The Stone Cold you Steve Austin it. guru. Say again? The Stone Cold Steve Austin guru. Is is he an anti-guru? Right, he was an anti-hero, wasn't he? I guess so. But I, yeah, so, like... So so what we so what we need, we, we need the fitness industry Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know enough about Stone Cold Steve Austin for that to make sense. Oh I like my wrong. god, you don't, you didn't watch wrestling. I mean, not not to that degree where I could understand the the, the, the connection between the style of Stone Cold Steve right, Austin well, and being right, on Instagram. Well, take it from me. That was a fucking excellent. That was an excellent joke. Just take it from me. Okay, I, anyway, I will. I, I will give you credit for that. 
<laughs> so yeah, basically, I think you know, like people, they, 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 they've made a cottage industry out of out of correcting others um, and 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 criticizing, which is a great way to look smart, and laying yeah. down the the science and being essentially the smartest, uh, typically guy in in the room, uh, and it's 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 not helpful because you don't teach people to learn. You teach people, uh, to, to be right. You know, you teach people that you are the best at being right. And it, it, it just like the other gurus, like, you know, you still dig your heels into a certain position. You know, you see people <coughs> clinging to old science or their interpretation of it because it's a dick swing contest rather than it's the, the most likely accurate, uh, you know, interpretation of the science and i think it's not very useful either like if you spend your whole career telling people what not to do it's very possible they're still training like shit they're just not doing any of the, the things that you said are done you know like it's a lot of, like but i mean so anyway i think i've tried to to not fall into that mold and try to be someone who actually is a science communicator not a bro science detractor you know <laughs> so yeah it's, so hopefully that's effective. It's just it's like it's it's just one of those things where it's the easiest way to actually make a name for yourself is to just be a fucking dick to people. Like that's like that's that is the world we live in these, uh, these days. Absolutely, man. And it's, it's just um, like oh, I just wish it was different. I just wish the, I do I think... the person who knows the most and puts it across in the best way. Would would actually would be the one that actually got the got the furthest forward, but it's just not the way it works. I do think that um, if you if you look at the longevity of the people who do that, they typically have to pivot and they burn out and they lose credibility with large swaths of people and they have yeah. their devoted followers. So, I think you know this is actually there. There's this is true in the um, the entertainment industry too. Like we. We think of it like, yeah, if you just go controversial or if you go call-out culture or if you go guru style, you'll succeed quick. Um, you just, you know, you be a dick uh, and then you'll get a lot of followers. You, you have this controversy and you can have no, no real substance or not much substance and, and you'll be really successful. Um, but I find that doesn't last. Like if you look at who are the names from five years ago who are doing that versus who are the names today who are doing that it's not a lot of the same people mm -hmm. or those who are doing it have had to you know pivot in some degree or they've had like these public epic fails or you know falls from grace or whatever so i think that's a it's a really stressful way to live for one yeah. um so that that's a you're making a deal with the devil that you may not realize just how much sleep you're going to lose and mm -hmm. um and also you end up pigeonholing yourself like if you ever do have a moment where you're like god I, I, I don't want to be a piece of shit like it's really hard to come back from that it's the only yeah. formula you know um and it, what i was saying about the entertainment industry like some of the like the one-hit wonders end up making far less money than the artists who consistently do you know what's considered good by their audience and, and yeah. they're able to stick together as a band and, and do it for a long time uh like their net income so i think and even when they lose that mainstream appeal that niche audience their core audience they they they'll still go see them to her. Absolutely. So they so they Absolutely. keep making a living right after. Like I'm always blown away. Like I see bands like um 
There's a band called the Pigeon Detectives. They had like it's a great name. They I know they had probably my one of my it, it probably in my top ten favorite albums. It's called Wait mm -hmm. for Me. Have a little listen to it. It's fucking class. Uh, from like two thousand and one, and as far as I know, they brought one other album, and then that was it. And then a few years back, it was like the fifteen year anniversary or the twenty year anniversary of that album coming out, and they were touring all over the country. And I wanted to go, but I, there was something that was in the way, and I couldn't go, and I was fucking devastated. Yeah, but like, but those other things, like, probably did. They were just a little indie rock band that had two albums, so they didn't have huge mainstream appeal. They had, like, as I say, those two albums that came out. One of them was amazing, mm -hmm. the other one was The Tanks. And then, even after all that, 20 years later, they were still able to go right around on tour. And I'm assuming they were probably doing that all the time anyway. Yeah, you'd think, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of one of those things where um, I, I think that I'm if I did one thing right, I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back and be like, yeah, hey, just do it like me. and You'll be good. <laughs> um, if I did one thing right, it was from this. I didn't try to get an audience and then figure out what I wanted to do. I had a mission statement from the very beginning, and it's helped me evaluate how I want to do this whole science communication and content creation. Well, not all I had to know. do. Is that all yeah. I had to do fucking 10 years ago? Yeah, just have some idea of what direction you're going. Instead, you know? of just, instead of just trying to fucking wing it all the time? I mean, it seemed to work if, for, for me. I mean, I haven't had meteoric growth or anything like that. I wish, but, I, um, knew you. I, wish I knew you 10 years ago when I was starting off all this shit. It's, it's just one of those serendipitous things, man. I was, in a, uh, I was doing my undergrad in uh, sports management, fitness and wellness. And, um, you know, I just met and finished the season with uh brad Loomis, jeff alberts and alberta nunez met those guys we were like all kind of, yeah we all wanted to get into something related to bodybuilding and um then i took this class for, for i think my my last or one of my i can't remember which semester it was but nonetheless in the class we were supposed to write the business plan for a business in the fitness industry so i wrote the business plan for 3d muscle journey and part of it was having a mission statement so I communicated oh, with those guys, wrote it down. And so from the very beginning, it wasn't just like four dudes who like to lift weights who were like, hey, let's, let's do something cool in this area and help people find a better relationship with the sport. It was like, and let's make that our mission statement and then we can assess what we're doing and here's the game plan. We'll go out to all these places. And it was a, a business plan that only, only made sense for 2009. Like we actually had like business cards and shit. That doesn't make sense <laughs> anymore. But um. But I was really happy that we sat down and we created a, like a, a, a culture and a mission that, that made sense for the four of us and what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that's always kind of been our North Star, you know, so it's helped us stay on track and, and uh, helped us realize when we're off track and things like that. So I think I just feel appreciative that that just happened to be the class I was in when I met these dudes and, and yeah, or I might be just as lost as you. That is amazing, that, like. Crazy, right? Man, I got goosebumps to you in that, like. <laughs> that's fucking insane. I love, I love shit like that. You know. No, it's funny you talk about stuff like that, though, because I feel like I've got this with, um, with what I'm doing right now. It's, a, it's definitely more of, a, more of a personal mission statement. Mm -hmm. But if I do this right, I can make a fucking decent bit of money out of this, to be fair. And that's 100% in the back of my mind. Hey, man, I want you to have money. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no worries, brother. Little cutie. 
Hey, man. So, so tell me, tell me about what, what is this, this plan to uh, stack the cash, Steven? What's, what's going on there? Right. Well, once I've, what, one, once I am stacked the cash, Steven, I'll mm-hmm. be, um, I'll not be going on dates anymore. Cause when you think about it, it's like, it's expensive getting the taxis, expensive paying for dinner, going to the pictures Like you might be 120 quid down. Constitutes mm. 50 quid. It's efficiency, right. saving money in the long run, practicing, See, for that, so, practicing for that small group of girls who will one day tame me. So, th- so I, I knew you had an ingenious plan that made sense, uh, that, that was definitely going to result in this happening. And, and once <laughs> again, you surprised me. So, um, you know. Nah, like, mate, it's one of those things, right? I don't give a fuck how much money I've got. I just want to, I just want to enjoy what I'm doing all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm at a place now where like, I'm really enjoying me training again. And like, I've been spending this time just trying to work on me discipline and also just trying to actually include the things in my life that I want that I want to include, but things that I felt like I should, should refrain from for mm-hmm. being a fitness professional and also trying to be like a high level athlete. Like I'm talking about getting pissed. Right. Yeah. I, I love I getting pissed. <laughs> And for the longest time, I used to always beat myself up when I got pissed because I would always go too far and be ruined for two or three days with it. So mm-hmm. then I just thought, yeah, right. If I don't have a drink during this lockdown, I'm going to go fucking mad. So mm-hmm. I just started incorporating it. But because of the way I was training, I was just waking up and still going on like 10K runs and shit like that. So it was like, I found a way to get that balance with drinking and everything now. And like before... Like I would use that just to sometimes just to get to sleep and other mm-hmm. times just to get me through shit when I just wasn't going, when I was going through a hard time. Like I would right. just drink heavily. Like one day, oh, this was bad. Didn't go to bed. Started, we were, um, we were making a Christmas tree out of cans of Carlsberg because they're green. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. <laughs> and um, I stayed up all night because we were playing catch up. So I must have drank like 16 cans or something like that. And then I had a client in at seven in the morning. So I went over to fucking uh, Costa, got two double espressos, necked them, went and trained this girl, had two hours break, went and had another two double espressos, went back, trained one more person, then went home, had a panic attack on the bus, and had to walk home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. uh... Me, it was funny fucking horrible and it's just yeah. like it was, I was going through a pretty hard time right there like you don't make decisions like that if you if everything's fine correct yeah but but I, that, <laughs> it doesn't seem rational when, you, when things are but going I was well. like convinced ah yeah. oh, it's fine I'm fine there's nothing wrong so I just fucking mm-hmm. just drank so mm-hmm. then like it's one of those things I can't cut things out like that I cut I, I yeah. didn't drink for a year once and like it was fine. Like, I didn't need it at any point during that year or anything. But mm-hmm. as I get older, like, I feel like I can, I'm, in more, I'm in control of that sort of stuff more. And because I've mm-hmm. been through experiences like that where I did cut out for a year, I know that I can, like, I know I can, contr- I can control it. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the approaches that I was taking on things like that, I was trying to do it at one end of the spectrum. Right. Developing this all or nothing mentality. So now I'm just trying to get this discipline so that I can hold it together for the next four or five years and just dominate the strength world. So the goal is to, if this is the quest of being the incredibly strong functional alcoholic, 
of, yes. of Stephen Manuel. I love yes. it. That's great. Yeah. And you know, as the as the laws as the laws loosen up on things, just just all kinds of narcotics. I love it. <laughs> so it's it's like you'll be you'll be natty, but not for recreational stuff. Yeah, great. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> like, like I have, I'm not list. using PEDs. I'm actually using things that hurt my performance. I feel yes. like you should place me one higher. Okay. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says though. Marijuana is 100% a PED. Yeah, for you, is, so. is, is, have you found that to be the case? I think so. Interesting. See, I'm I'm a I'm a Boy Scout. I I I, I, <laughs> I could imagine so. it as well. No, yeah. mate, one hundred percent though. I just think like anything that can chill you out like that, and mm. as long as you don't go over the top with it, where you do start losing motor function and things like that, that can one hundred percent help you out in sport in a sporting in a situation. So I've I've got a question for you. Okay. Um. So. Do you think that you see a, a relaxant as a performance-enhancing drug maybe because your level of arousal is so high when you, when you compete? I mean, your, your, your nickname is literally Screamer. Do yes. you think that for My you, you see it My level of sexual arousal a, is high when I compete. And mainly you <laughs> Skype with me. But. <laughs> Mate, that's actually a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that before, you know. Because I bet you if you gave it to, like, like let's say Bryce. Mike T., Oh, Bryce. Well, Bryce gets pretty hyped. He gets emotional, but he does. He also he gets does, controlled. He does, to be fair, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's the, only uh, a robot in can... person. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I fucking love Bryce. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking Mike T. Like he's. Yeah. There is there is some controlled aggression going on there, but he's definitely a more cerebral lifter, mm-hmm. uh, at least the way he looks. And I think if you gave him marijuana, he, I don't see that improving his performance. He's fall asleep. He, I, do, I just don't think, I just think he'd be yeah, weak all actually. of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Mate, I've never thought of it like that before. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, so it's because I'm a fucking psycho. That's why. That's why Correct. I think. Yeah. That's why I think It like makes that. you a functional psycho. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. See, and this is the thing. Like, it's, it's so weird, right? Because obviously the shit that I've been doing during this lockdown has been a little bit like controversial. Mm. And... At first, people thought I was like losing my head because of the quarantine and all that, right? <laughs> but ironically enough, the more outrageous that it gets, the more in control I feel. Because mm. to put something like that out into the world, it's just like you know that there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to be really fucking pissed off with that. And it's like it's easier to talk yourself out of it than it is to just fucking type the caption and just hit send. Mm. It, it's so like the more outrageous stuff I do, the more in control I actually feel like I am. Is that fucked up? I mean, I I I, I guess it depends on, on what you define as as outrageous. I mean, there I will say there's something putting things out there if they are something you can follow through with is is another way of kind of committing to it. But that's 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 kind of one of those tricks in the book where like you know, I remember being a fitness professional. It's like hey. Tell your client to tell their family about their goals. And then they're like, oh, this is real for me now. I'm going to do it. So I think that, that there's that side of it. Now, if you're like, hey, I'm going to do something. And everyone's like, oh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's also useful for feedback. But uh, so yeah, I guess it, it depends. To give you the best example of like the more outrageous stuff that I do, I feel more in control. I got called mm. out by some fucking Spanish guy. He basically, yep. he sent me a message on, on Instagram, basically saying that I was a fat faggot. 
<laughs> oh, that's reasonable. <laughs> because I've been it's posting tight. loads of yeah. I've been posting loads of provocative pictures. So he mm-hmm. called me a fat faggot, and that he said um, that my future bodybuilding coach AJ Morris he'd be proud of the he wouldn't be proud of the way that you're conducting yourself right now. Um, I'm gonna unfollow you. But if you ever turn yourself around, then I'll follow you back or something like that, right? So I love it how he's I, this. Just for one second, I want to say I love how this person thinks that his follow is is like th- that much of a carrot. Like you know what? Mm-hmm. If you do what I think you should be doing socially, guess what? You can have one to your follow, and then it'll be me. Yeah. By the way, oh, like you must have been like, oh, what can I do to get your follow back? Yes, you know? that's exactly what I did. And then, um, so then I, I, so I baited him in and I just basically said like, oh, look, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'll turn it around. I'll start improving my diet and all that. And um, when I get abs, will you follow me back? And then he said, yeah. So then a few hours later. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the way he determines if you're a good person. Do so you then have a few abs? hours later, I took a video where um, I was basically, I was covering, I was bollock naked in my sitting room, covering, covering me junk with a bunch of bananas. <laughs> I basically told him to go and fuck himself and then just nice. next, next, had, took a big swig out of a bottle of red wine I'll send you the video when we, when we, when we finish on this right mm-hmm. but like I did that and then the, the second I did it I just got this ridiculous response like mm-hmm. everyone was just like oh fuck that guy like just keep doing you it's funny as fuck and all this sort of stuff because people yeah. think of the things that I've been getting up to like I just been getting drunk in a wheelbarrow in my back garden, and then, I got, and then and then I got a hammock and I set it up in my front drive and just was drinking, was just drinking cider on my front drive in a hammock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, just, I've just like we've been living the life during this lockdown. I don't want to go back to work. I I mean, I think as long as you are happy, productive, and you're moving towards your goals, and you're not feeling like you're you're not in control, like you're saying, then. I've never felt like I'm more on the right path than I do right now. <laughs> there you go, brother. You're fine. <laughs> Taking yeah. photo shoots and lifting weights. That's how I want to live the rest of my life. Hey, man. I, that worked for Arnold, you know. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not the same kind of photo shoots, though. Uh, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you, are you to the point as me at Arnold for being on that Game Changers? I feel like he's sold out. I, I mean... I don't want to meet him anymore. I don't. I don't know at, at what point. Like, I mean, you could have argued he sold out in like 1980. Like, I mean, I don't know. Oh, no, just, no, because no, because that's, no, that, that's what made him Arnie. Sure. Yeah. Like, the, 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 how weird, man! Fucking. Do you really believe he's vegan now? Um, I don't think so. I would. I mean, maybe. Maybe he's just doing he's it for health. He's fucking eating steak right now. What time is it in America? <laughs> I don't know. It's about probably... seven o'clock. He's having a fucking steak for his TM. There you go. I mean, honestly, man, Kai Green as well. Kai hey, Green. Man. Kai Green said it has brought out like a vegan range or something, and like a well, vegan your last name... and a vegan diet and everything. And then when your last like... name is Green, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta capitalize on this. But then a few days you later, know? I see them advertising something else that was just completely against vegan. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about earlier about, uh, you know, social media just being controversial and, and, and ridiculous, but then you end up having to do, yeah. Oh my God. It gives me a headache, Eric. 
It doesn't well, give me a headache. But you know when I, you when know I have a fucking bitch about it to somebody, I always feel amazing. You know, you gotta vent. You gotta express your emotions. I get it. Oh, I love it. That's why I like doing yeah. these podcasts. It's just who have you had on? Pardon? Who have you had on? Um, so I started with David Nolan. Nice. I had Gar on, but um, I lost that Love audio, it. so I'm getting Gar back on. Um, I had my mate who was in a band. He had a stroke on stage. So oh, shit. Yeah, so it was, it was like a year to the day I had him on the podcast, and we were just basically talking about that, what he went through. It's a good episode, mate. I'll think I'll think and I'll, I'll give you a shit. It's fucking awesome. cool. Like, just, he's basically had to spend this whole year just learning how to walk. Fuck, man. It's fucking mm. insane. Like, he was... 28 or 29 i think doesn't do drugs doesn't drink lives a fairly healthy lifestyle like had so for the last six or seven years when i first met him and mm-hmm. that happened to him that sucks dude so 2020 like been especially bad for him yeah insane but yeah. like he, he's gonna get he'll get back on stage though he was drumming so he won't be able to drum again like just that kind of fast action is not what he's gonna need but I think he's probably going to try and go bass or lead guitar. Awesome. Yeah. So he's finding um, a way forward. That's inspiring. He's so, mate, it really is. Like, I don't throw that word around that much, like, but, like, it, it's, an, it's an inspirational fucking story. Like, he's just a fucking lush lad as well. I hate that it's happened cool. to him. Like, there's absolute scum who get away with just everything. And then shit like that happens to good people like him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Who else have I had on? Um... Your mind's gone blank now. I've had Tony Cliff on. Cool. Cool. Uh, Very cool. LS. Oh, yeah. Gotta have LS on. Oh, I love... How can you not love LS, man? We just had him on Iron Culture. It's going to be coming out... um, Shit, I think tomorrow. Mate, I swear to God, right? There was periods during that podcast where I was just like, he hasn't shut the fuck up in like 20 minutes yet. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird, right? But you can, you can sit and talk with him and you'll be like that. 20 minutes of him nonstop talking. But you still don't feel like it's a one-sided conversation. No, he absolutely listens. He absolutely he listens. Has a way of, he yeah. has a way of bringing you into everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I swear to God, man. Like, were you at EPC when, like, I'm not going to go into the content of it. But when he just like started crying during his fucking talk, he crushed it, man. Yeah, he did Jesus. the. Uh, yeah, his first talk. Sometimes. Yeah, he he knocked it out of the park, man. It oh, was uh, it was awesome. You not love that guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, if someone doesn't like LS, either he personally injured them or something like that, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah. Well, let's but, be honest. There's a few million people who probably don't like him. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that says way more about them than it does LS. 100%. Oh, what a fucking guy. Shout out LS McLean. You know I'm, I've lost, like, oh, I haven't lost my phone. My phone's ran out and I haven't got my charger. I left that at my friend's house. So I can't even get my podcast up and just scroll through and find the episodes. My mind just <laughs> went blank because you put me on the spot. Well, hey, you, you, you named a bunch of good people. It's basically like the, uh, the EPC class of 2017 reunion, oh. it sounds like, which is good. Man, yeah. that's, my, that's one of my favorite times of year, that like. Yeah, I was really disappointed we didn't get to do it this year. I know, that was, it would have been cool. I was, yeah, I was actually really relieved because, oh man, I had so much travel planned this year. 
Yeah. And I do this to myself every year. Someone's like, Hey, do you want to come to XYZ country and talk about bodybuilding? And I'll fly <laughs> you out and I'll put you up and I'll, I'll introduce you to people. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And then by February, let's, let's be honest, starting from like November to February, I've said yes to every single person who asked me that. And I yeah. look up in March and I'm like, I don't have a single month this year. Where I'm not traveling. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's and weird, then sometime in September, I'm just like, Oh, I don't it's like, it's a anymore. nice problem to have, but like at yes. the same time, it's like, man, that is so physically demanding. Like I was so mm-hmm. impressed with you. And it says a lot like to the kind of person you are and at the level of integrity that you've got, just to how well you held it together during your talks while you were getting ready for like, you were like two weeks out from a bodybuilding comp at EPC, were you? I was one week out. One week out, so, and yeah. you were just like, I, I sat in your talk, and it was just like, there was no fuck-ups. It was like, you would, if you if you listen to an audio recording of that, you just think it was a normal day for you. And it's just like, you must have been going through hell at that point. EPC was, let's see, that would have been, it was before August my last it. show. Yeah, so it I came. August, wasn't it? Because it was, it, it was like, I think it was, three or four weeks before my first show. Yeah. When so, I was in London. So I did this a couple times. So I, I spoke at the, um, the UEBC in Melbourne and then flew home here to New Zealand. This was the end of June. And then I flew home to New Zealand and I was in New Zealand for three days. And then I flew out to California and then I was four days out when I got to California from my second show of the season. And, and that was okay. What, Cause what, like, it was that second show in California. Yes. Right. So, yeah. So I, I competed twice in California. I just stayed at my uncle's house who lives there for like three weeks or two and a half weeks. Um, and that, that was okay because I got to like, I got settled in Cali. It was all good. Um, my first show, I did something similar. I flew out, uh, to Hawaii but at that time of year the time zone is almost the same as New Zealand it's just a day forward so I slept on the plane landed did my polygraph and competed like a day later with Berto uh, and and uh, Brandon there with me so those two were pretty easy it got hard for the EPC one because the show was in New Zealand so I went to the other side of the damn world and I tried to stay on the New Zealand time zone so I was just basically caffeinating through the presentations and then just sleeping every, every opportunity I had. <laughs> and then I would, sh- like, I showed up to the, uh, like, the dinners we had with the group. And, like, I looked over at Greg and I was like, Greg, I'm dying. And he was like, do you want some, do you want some nicotine? And I was like, what? And he's like, I've got some nicotine gum. I'm like, absolutely. Because I'm going to fall asleep in my, in my, in my damn burger, you know? He did the same for me. He's a fucking nicotine dealer. He is. He is. <laughs> so... And uh, fortunately, that's not on the banned substance list. But, uh, but yeah, so I was, <clears throat> I only was in, um, I was only in, in the UK for four, four days, I think. Probably, so I just yeah. tried to stay on the New Zealand time zone. And then I just came back and then I was a couple days out. So, yeah, it was, that, that was the only hard one. The other ones I had I planned out, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, the, the UK, like, I'm glad I faked it. So I appreciate that, that was feedback. fucking crazy, man. Like, I don't know. I, I've got so much respect for that. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I can't hold it together that well when I'm full of, when I'm full of food. Yeah, I wasn't full of food. I mean, <laughs> I, did, I, I did a lot of things. I, I was more full of food than I was earlier in the year. I was able to eat up into my shows. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, coasting at, like, 2,500. But, um, 
but yeah, I remember that specifically being very difficult. Like I was like oddly jet lagged and then like tired and then like stimulated at the wrong time. And yeah. then, like my circadian rhythm was all fucked up. Um, yeah. And I started, I started having weird like water retention right towards the end of that prep. So I could tell like my body was like, if you travel across 10 more time zones, one more time, <laughs> I'm going to turn you, I'm going to turn you into a bag of water. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was right at the end where things started to fall apart and I was yeah. like, all right, I'm out. So. Oh man, it's just, it's so fucking cool that you were able to do that. Mate, I can't tell cool, you how yeah. excited I am to fucking get back to, get back to a prep, you know? Yeah, man. When, when, when's your, uh, your game plan for that? Right. So this is what I think is going to end up happening. So the rumor is that the British championships, British powerlifting championships are going to be in March and there's going to be no qualifying totals. That's the rumor. You just so, rock up. Yeah, so if that happens, I'll 100% just keep getting stronger during this whole time, trying try to see what, what I can get me total up to, March, and then the first comp that I did, and then I'll just follow that same schedule what I did for the first couple of shows that I did. So that was the first one was in September, and then the second one was like five or six weeks later in, in October. And it was so just six like, months to diet after that would be the perfect amount of time. And just my mm -hmm. starting point will be so much better because when I started prepping for those two shows, I was already like a, somewhere between a year and a year and a half of dropping body fat like steadily. So like mm -hmm. by the time it got around to that to the shows, I was near enough like in a two year deficit. Yeah, you were you had diet like, fatigue before the diet. Yeah. yeah, and it was like I didn't really improve all that much in between the two shows despite mm -hmm. going from like 20 to 30 minutes of stepping cardio every other day to an hour most days and just nothing happened. Yeah, so I just knew it was like, I was just done with it. So then I was really tempted to come back this year, but then obviously all this happened anyway. But I was, Probably really, for tempted, the best. I was really tempted to do it again, but then I just thought like, nah, I'm going to take my time. Like, the base that I had, the base that I had, was still there from three years of not competing in powerlifting and everything, and I just thought like, if I play this patient, I'm going to have a much better chance of actually pulling it off next time and fucking winning the world title. Absolutely, that's always yeah, in the back of my head whenever I do anything. I want to win a world title in something, and I think I can do it hey. in loads of things. I'm fucking stupid. Hey, ping pong, backgammon, I see it in your future. <laughs> I, I, I want it all for you. Yeah. But it's one of those no, things I, where like, I, I like the challenge of trying to juggle these three sports and how I'm going to go about it. It's like, you think it is as well. You think it is, if I do win the British in the 93 or the 105s, I think it would be a huge ask to get good enough to win by June. So then mm -hmm. that, like, I, don't, I wouldn't want to travel all that way to not go and win because I've been to loads of competitions and it's class seeing people and everything, but like, I would much rather just focus in on prep and just see what the fuck was under under the fat now. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and it'll it'll be um it's you'll find it so much easier to diet when you've been in a you know a surplus or at least in maintenance for months on end. That's it. And going into it, rather than a so, deficit to a just going, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. so by the time it gets around to me um like getting ready to getting ready getting into prep, I wanna be trying to make sure that I'm like doing like eight to ten thousand steps every day as opposed to because by the time i'd even started off like prepping i was already doing like twenty five thousand steps a day and i was running all the time so it was like 
the level of activity that I had to do to keep it going, it was just so hard. So like, I think like I was hitting like 30,000 steps pretty regularly. So nah, man. Yeah, but it's it. one of those things though. It's Oof. just like, but... You do what you gotta do. Yeah. I didn't even plan to do it though, mate. It was just like, I'd set myself... So it got a new year and I set myself a challenge of doing 300 sessions by Easter. So, and then around about kind of February, I start getting in good shape and I was just like, do you know what? I might do a bodybuilding comp. I've always wanted to do one. I may as well just fucking do it now. And that was the reason why I had to go such high levels of activity to get to the shape right. that I was in. But now that I know I want to do one, I can make sure that when I'm, prepping for, when I'm prepping for um, the British Powerlifting Championships, rather than doing all these... Oh, like, so I'm just doing like three long walks at, at a minute at the, every day at the minute. So mm -hmm. rather than doing that, I'll just have all that time spent in the gym. And I'll be a proper yeah. lazy powerlifter and just rack up Perfect. seven or 8,000 steps every day knowing that I can... Like, I'll probably get in a much better shape next time and not have to do anywhere near as much activity. And Absolutely. I already, and I already know that I can do all this activity because I've done it once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've already... That's the one good thing. You know, everyone has their first prep where they absolutely crush themselves to get in kind of not great condition. Yeah. Is and it's one of those things I knew about that because my friend told me about it. But it was yeah. just like I accidentally put myself in that situation because all I was trying to do was train 300 times between fucking New Year and Easter. So I had no choice. Yeah. Yeah, you, I have to meet this ridiculous goal I set yeah. myself. I love but it. it was mental because yeah. it put myself... It put, I had to put myself through some mm -hmm. disgusting things and it's just like all the mental all the fucking mental gains that you get from doing that sort of stuff and the discipline that it gives you like that's what people should concentrate on not the fucking abs yeah absolutely you're um that 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 first kind of uh trip through hell is now you don't if you even if you well you don't probably have to do that and you'll get into better shape and if you do have to do that. You can get there and it'll be in service of getting in better shape. You know, mm -hmm. like it's kind of like, it's just like lifting weights. Like I, I remember when I trained clients way back in the day who were new to this whole lifting weights thing, they're like, Oh, is, well, is this three sets of 10 ever going to get easier? And I'm like, well, if we didn't go up and load, yeah. But the whole reason <laughs> yeah. that we're doing this is so you can lift more. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, so it's always going to be hard. And I'm like, I mean, I think you're looking at that part too much. Look at the fact mm -hmm. that you tripled your strength. You know, like, so, yeah, it's, it's all about either you can get to the same place with less effort or uh, less, less suffering from the same effort, or you can use that same effort to get even further. And that's ultimately yeah. what gets you into um, the kind of conditioning you need at the elite level in, in bodybuilding, yeah. which Damn, I know you'll achieve. I can't, I, can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what's there, honestly. It's fun, man. And... Mate, it's one of those things. I know that I want to do... Like, I, I see my long-term future in bodybuilding. I really do. Like, this is... Like, this Project Natty Go is kind of a... It's kind of me swan song in powerlifting, I think, as well. I think, like, when I've, when I've either done what I need to do in powerlifting or I'm happy that I don't think I'm going to get there, I'll mm. happily just be like, right, I'm done with powerlifting because I just... I love bodybuilding. And it's yeah. like, I don't love it to the point where, like, I still don't know any of the big hitters in natural bodybuilding or bodybuilding. Like, I know the obvious ones and stuff like that. Like, I've never been a fan of strength sports. I love training for them, but I just, 
don't know, it's weird admiring people for how much they can lift and how jacked they look and stuff like that. It's just weird. So, like, I've never really been a big <laughs> fan of, of strength sports, but, like, mm-hmm. I love the process so much more than powerlifting. You know who you'd, you'd, you'd be a fan of? And uh, he only competed for a few years. Dave Draper. Because what he writes about, he's an incredibly eloquent writer, um, but he writes about the experience and the meaning and what he gets out of it and the mentality of lifting. His stuff is some of the best writing in, in, in this sector. He has a book called uh, Brother Iron, Sister Steel, and then he just released this year A Glimpse in the Review, and uh, I've been been reading it. It's I'm going to have a look at fantastic. it. I'm going to have a look at him. I like, it's one of those things, like, I, I don't like having conversations with people in gyms because it's typically about something to do with vanity. And it's like, you I love, love it. It's such, a well, it's such a nice relief when somebody like kind of talks into the mindset and you need to do certain things over mm. just like, how do I get bigger arms? Because yep. they Bro. don't, because they never, they never want, like, that's it. They never want the actual answer as well. They want me to tell them how they're going to do it as quickly as possible. And my yep. answer is always, right, curl three times a week, every fucking week for a year or two. Then, yep. then see how much bigger your arms are. Do you know what I mean? This is like, it really is that simple. But people don't and you're hoping, like, and, and please, and please pay attention to everything else that you learn about yourself and how you change from the process. You know, yeah. instead of this just being some something you grudgingly do so you can be self worthy or yeah. more attractive to other people or something like that. Yeah, it's well, it's, too, it's it can be very though, hollow. I do think though, even if you are doing that with with those hollow things in mind. I do feel like subconsciously you will be learning from stuff. You just won't be aware of it at that time. Cause I've noticed oh, yeah. that I've noticed that in my time during this, like there's things that I've like, just, I, I always overthink things and like, just like previous experiences and things like that and how I could do certain things better and things like that. And there's been one or two things that have happened here. And then while I've been in lockdown, I've thought I've just been thinking about it and I've just had a completely different perspective on it. And it's like a lot of things can be the Trojan horse. You are kind of taking up all those lessons, but it's like the the bad thing is it usually takes something shit to happen in your life for you to Mm. realize that you've been focusing on the wrong thing. Yep. You know, and it's just like I think it's a little bit of that. So even if they are, even even if they aren't thinking about it as like, so I always like to think about things in the way that I do because I always feel like it improves my self awareness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just don't develop that. And I think it takes like something really bad to happen for that to develop. Yeah. You don't know that what you're doing is uh, unsustainable until you can no longer sustain it. And then yeah. you look up and you go, what have I been doing? And then all of a yeah. sudden introspection comes. Yeah. I think and it's super common to a lot of people. Um, I just think, I, I just think it's one of those things where like how low does your rock bottom have to be? Yeah. Because some people's, it might just be the small, like, mine has been fucking, like, years in the making, like, six, seven, eight years of just, like, me just making all the wrong decisions in pursuit mm. of powerlifting. And then when it hit, I was like, fuck me. Like, I've yeah, got a lot you need of, to time off. I've got a lot of mm. shit to fucking repair here. Whereas some mm-hmm. people, they might just catch it quick. Because yep. some people are fucking yep. dramatic as hell on the, the slightest <laughs> little thing happens in the crush. Yep. You know what I mean? It's very true. So it's like, yeah. it all depends on how low your rock bottom is, I guess. 
yeah it's like what what adversity have you experienced how self-aware are you um how much of a trojan horse was your initial motivation and how obvious is that to you were you doing things because you thought they had to be a certain way or or do you have like deep-rooted narcissism that's now being expressed through the, the sport or something like that that's right yeah that's right yeah. nothing wrong with that, narcissism. yeah hey i want i want but, everybody to pay attention but i don't want people to love me Exactly, because <laughs> I'm not actually valuable. Uh, I just need to put That's out exactly this yeah. I'm not worthy. Of, I'm not worthy of anybody else's love. Yeah, that's something people don't understand about narcissism. Like, it's actually like this complex thing you're building around. Oh man, it's insane. This, Everybody yeah. just assumes narcissism is fucking loving yourself and like if you were chocolate, mm. you eat yourself. But yeah. I know that I'm a narcissistic person, but I'm self-aware enough to catch myself being narcissistic. And then whatever I put out is I try and make a conscious effort to like not be so self in, so self involved and self entitled. Mm -hmm. But like I feel like my narcissism is why my self esteem so low. They will go hand in hand, man. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's like there's some people get depressed, not show up, you know, think they're not worthy, and and, and put that out in the world. Others yeah. will. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, others will put themselves out in the world and, and uh, try to be what they're afraid they're not and then, you know, overdo it. And I think that's dangerous. Oh, of course it is. Because when you do that from a stance of insecurity, it, it's fake. And, like, it, comes, it just comes across as fake and, like, it looks like you've got an agenda and all that sort of stuff and it's not actually helping you. Like no. I always think of those. Those are the people who are posting like a like a picture of their ass in like in the mirror, just for like see how many likes they can get and how many yes queens and all this sort of stuff they can get. But that's short term. That's like that. That's an addiction. You get addicted to that sort of stuff, yeah. and it's like you like you then start. So then it's just it's just it's just a, it's it's tacky. It's a horrible way that I, I wouldn't want to live that way. So all my posts like that, like I'm just doing them purely out of irony. Yeah. It started off with uh, taking the piss out of people like that. And now yeah. it's a way of life. Yeah, I started uh, my, way back when I first got on Instagram in 2016, I started a series called The Angle Game, which was how to stand next to your friends to make them look smaller and <laughs> And, uh, and I created like all these different rules and, uh, <laughs> you know, like always keep the arm free. You know, you, you can't, you don't want to be in the middle with both your arms up. You need to be on either end. You need to lean forward. Ah, try to get, try to get your arm on the edge of the camera. Cause then that, I don't know how far that arm goes back. It could be all the way out there. You know? See, I was going to, I was uh, going to ask you for a link to that, but then what I realized is it doesn't matter where I stand in a picture. Yeah, you don't need to play the angle. I'm out angling That's every time. That's something I need to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So the, uh, but yeah, that's when I first got on Instagram. It was, uh, my first post was basically a critique of Instagram. So that's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Do you know what, right? I've been legitimately considering writing some kind of book on social media, you know, but like with no facts whatsoever. I love it. Just made up shit. <laughs> I, just want, I just basically like, you know, like Corey Taylor, you know, the lead singer Slipknot? Uh, yes. Now, now that, I mean, I know that, that Slipknot has a lead singer. He has a and book. now I know that name. He has a book called something like, You're Making Me Hate You Right Now or something like that. 
And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's just him just having a fucking rant. That's amazing. I think I might do a similar thing and just voice my just voice my objections to how people are on social media and hey. do no research because nobody does any research for anything and people believe their fucking word. So I'm not wasting my fucking time doing research. I'm just going to rant. I'm going to rant on fucking Microsoft Word and see what happens. I'm doing a book. I love it. I'd buy it. I want to sign first copy. Are you writing right. this down? Yeah, I just, I just wrote. I just wrote book down. I'm writing a book. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> just, just, good, just some, just some trick on my memory. I've just wrote book That's right. down. You're like uh, the guy in Memento. I love it. Like to write things down. Yeah. Oh, what a film, though. Classic. Ooh. You know, that film's like 20 year old. That makes me feel old. That is insane, isn't it? I, I don't. I'm not comfortable that with film. that. I was 12. I'm not, no, I'm not comfortable with that. makes me feel... It's uh, horrible, isn't it? I'm doing Masters this year in Olympic weightlifting because Olympic weightlifting is 35 and older. Oh, Masters. my God. I, I, was gonna, I didn't realize that, but you were fucking 40 for a second there. <laughs> no, oh, I, I fell into the complacency of, of powerlifting be, being 40 and over. And then I let me weightlifting and, and my coach stops. I'm working with me. He said, you know, Masters Nationals is coming up. And I was like, what does that got to do? Oh, that's right. That does get to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor bastard. Yeah, so oh. I'll be there. uh with Viagra and then the, you just for men, just for men gels, just for men gels, just fucking get the grays out your beard. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> dye my uh, my gray ear hair. Oh, yeah, really good. Insane, man. Yeah. So yeah, Memento didn't help with that. Knowing no. that that's twenty years old, that's crazy, oh, man. What a film, though. Classic. Very good. I might try and find that film. It'll be on Prime. It's got to be somewhere. It's bound to be on Prime. Mm. Right, wake up, Power came back on. Day, bud. What, how well, you know, I think. Uh, is it Monday for you? It is Monday, isn't it? It is Monday. Yeah, so, how's your Monday looking today, bud? Today, well, um, I work from home, so it's uh, it's it's never any day could be a work day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm probably gonna grab some breakfast with my wife, and then I've got a session of training later today. I got to do some writing. And then uh, got to sort out some guests for Iron Culture. And then I think uh, that'll be pretty much it. Pretty much it. So. Ah, that doesn't sound too bad. Nah. It's not bad. Nice. What are you training? Mm-hmm. Snatch? It's a lot of supplementary stuff. So I got like um, power clean from blocks. I've got some front squats. And I've got some push press. <clears throat> and, and yeah. And then I think that's some bodybuilding work. That's pretty much it. Nice. I like it. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's a good day. Except to not beat myself up too much because tomorrow I do a snatch. So. Okay. So were you resting the day? Uh, yeah, sorry, I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a, I, I train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday right now. And we okay. might eventually go to five days, but for now it's a four. I've forgotten what structure looks like. Structural. I just I, I honestly just wake up and if I feel like doing something I'll go and do it and if I feel like I'm fucked I just make sure I get any steps in I'm really trying to make a point of being as intuitive as possible okay as long just as it's, because uh... I know I'm gonna have to be on some kind of a big plan for the next few years so it's like yeah. I wanna I just 
I, I, I winged me training during the bodybuilding comp. I just knew how many total sets I wanted to get done each week. And I just would do them whenever I felt like doing them. I just, yeah, I, I, I just, I felt I became a slave to programming when yeah. I was powerlifting. Yeah. And it's just like, I was constantly, I constantly needed a program. I, never, I don't remember a time where I just took three months to just stay in shape. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? This is like, it's yeah, all yeah, these absolutely. things that I've learned over the years now through just going about my training so wrong, but so wrong in such a right way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I made sure that everything Mm -hmm. that I did was perfect. But I would always just give myself way too much work to do and just try and Mm -hmm. just constantly smashing my head off a brick wall, trying to just keep going all the way through and just ended up burning out for a few years. Yep. It's 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 an unfortunately common experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy it happened, though. I'm happy it happened. Cause I just feel like I've got such a better perspective on life and everything in general now. And it's mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have that without going through all that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. So let's just fuck it. Yeah, man. No, it's good things typically come out of adversity. You know, if you, yeah. if you hit rock bottom and you bounce up instead of just being like splat, you know, then, <laughs> then you're all right. The trick you know? is just making sure like, cause you're going to go through lows, just making sure yeah. that you never come close to that rock bottom again. Yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. I'm trying to be as balanced as possible, but it's really hard. I'm fucking. I'm positive. I'm bipolar. I'm fucking positive. I am. I'm. I'm. Ex- I'm going to explore that this year because I'm certain I'm bipolar. Hey, you'll only benefit from it. Yeah, know, learning more about yourself, seeing if there's uh, there's things you can do to to make your your highs less likely to re- to result in the low. You know, there is a small part of me that, that actually does want to be bipolar though, because for two reasons. One. Like, one of the things that I've, I, I always now have to catch myself when I start thinking, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So it's like, now I'm thinking of it as, right, this is just the way I am. Yeah, and who am I? Yeah. Yeah, it's who I am. And there's a lot of good that I can do with the way that I am. And it's every time I try and fight who I am is when I take these lows. So I always try and, so because I spent so many years just sitting, it started off just wondering, hey, what's wrong with me? And then after four or five years, like, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, how do you keep doing this stupid shit over and over and over again? And now that I'm just fucking accepting who I am, it's just like I catch myself doing that all the time. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is I've got a really fucking good t-shirt idea if I am bipolar. <laughs> you Let's hear it. I'm going to start calling myself the Ayatollah of Bipolar. I like it. I, it's fucking I great, think, isn't uh, it? I think you'll, you'll make that shirt really smell bad because you won't stop wearing it. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I'll just, yeah. have, I'll just have five. No, that makes sense. You can do I'll like have five shirts that we get sorted. Yeah, you open up, you open up the, 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 uh, the dresser and it's just all the same stuff. Yeah. Doug from well, Nickelodeon. It, or no, it'll be different colors. Okay. So I look, right, I look I like great that. in pink. I look great in blue. I look great in red. I look great in. Well, you green. need to have the yellow version. What? You need to have the. De- you need to have like the manic version and then the depressed version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a series of grays. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> different shades of gray. Yeah, so then people know where you're at. In your <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. 
Hey, uh, unless you're girls. Uh, no, I haven't seen Mean Girls. Oh, no. what the fuck so. are you playing at? I can, I can, I can watch it. Watch I, Mean I, Girls. I, it's amazing. Okay, it's I, amazing. I've, I've heard, I've heard good things. So. It's absolutely fantastic, mate. You'll love it. Right. Okay. I've had you on for an hour and a half. Yeah, I feel like we got a. Lo- I feel like we we put the world to rights there. That was good. I enjoyed that. We 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 vented. We talked about your uh, your new clothing line that only you wear. Um, yeah. And and we discussed Aww, how the, the natty nice. goat plan. That wasn't well, no, very I mean, nice. You're but you're gonna be the 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 ISO of the bipolar. Yeah, ISO. but I'm gonna sell I'm the t-shirt. Saying. Fucking hell, I want money. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Then, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I just didn't want to feel disingenuous wearing the shirt. Like, you know, oh, I'll so. send you one. Hey, awesome. Or as long as there's a yet. picture of you on the back. Or better yet, I'll hold it for you till the next time you're in Link- England, and I'll come and find you. I've got an idea for a design. So take a picture of you going and <laughs> like that and do the classic, like, you know, the, the two yes. masks for like the theater, but they're your yes. face. See? That's superb. Right. <clears throat> theater. And that went down right, right, right under book. I just wrote it on the book. <laughs> theater face. So I expect 10, 10% commission on all sales. <laughs> you can get fucked. <laughs> that, either one. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Uh, before we go, um, where can people reach you, mate? Because, right, I- I'm just going to come out and say it. Anybody who's listening to this right now probably already knows you anyway and is probably already following you, but there might be a couple <laughs> who don't know who you are. So just tell everybody where you can, um, where they can find you and support you and all that sort well, of hey. stuff, please. On the gram at Helms 3DMJ, and then for pretty much everything else, books on how to get way too intellectual about your training, how to stay up on the latest science, podcasts, all that stuff. Check out 3dmusclejourney.com. That's the number three, the letter D, musclejourney.com, one stop shop. And you also do a podcast with Omar Isof as well, don't you? I do. It's called Iron Culture. Iron it's Culture. on my pack. I've listened to a couple episodes of that, to be fair. It's good. I like it. It's a lot of fun. We talk about. I don't really uh, listen to that many fitness podcasts because I find most of them boring. But hey, every now and again, we, we so talk like, about oh, the actually, life. I will, I'll be perfectly honest here, though. Fucking three DMG got me through prep for the most part. Hey. Like I was listening to a lot of those podcasts when I was walking around and everything. So thank you for doing all that, and thank you, just thank you guys as well. Like I will, I'll pass I'm, it on. I'm getting Berto on the podcast at some point, actually. That'll be great. He stepped up a big time for me during that. Like, just, like, I think it was one of those things, like, we had, like, little interactions here and there and stuff like that. Like, he'd comment on one of my posts, I'd comment on his or whatever. And then I think it was when I said that I was getting ready for the comp, that I was going to be doing one. He just fucking reached out and he was just like, mate, I'm so happy you're doing this. Like, I've got so much respect for you going from powerlifting to bodybuilding and switching focus like this. And it was just like, I couldn't believe it. He's, he's just a fucking good guy. And we just... He's my brother. Thousand and forwards, loads over there, bounce ideas off him. Like, much the same way that you were, yeah, that you were there for me with it as well. Like, I just had so many people in my corner. And it was just like, it made the whole thing such a better experience for me as well because I try to do powerlifting by myself completely. And don't get me wrong, I've always been civil and fucking, like, I've made great friendships along the way. That's why we're doing this podcast right now. Yep. But it's just like, I didn't want to like actually let anybody into anything that I was going mm. through and just like go through all of that myself and want to always try and put on a brave face and just knowing like listen to the kind of experiences like 
a lot of the episodes that I was listening to were the personal insights onto prep and things like that. And it was just like, I was realizing every single time I listened to one of those, it was just like all these problems I'd created myself because I just, I wasn't ever talking about them. So yeah. I was just like, bodybuilding it's, it's, is about a bunch of crazy people getting thing. together sharing their pain and crying that's it. <laughs> basically the beauty of it and it's mad as well because i think that's probably more of a natural but but even then though actually saying that it's just like you do see a great like a huge level of camaraderie in the sport mm-hmm. and it's just like but at the same time you're potentially competing against that person yeah and the same thing happens and you remind yourself it's all subjective it's yeah. it's it's an individual sport and then it's subjective so if you do it right you just you just start to, to place less and less emphasis on the placing because it, yeah. it can just right. change. Right from the very start, I just didn't give a fuck where I placed. So like, and not, and it's, it's the right, with the right reasons in mind, but the mm-hmm. small driving factor in that wasn't that. So first up, I had me qualifier. So then I came second in me qualifier to the guy who won the British. And like everybody said, if I'd been at any other competition in that calendar, I would have won. But it was just I happened to go against the guy who won the British. So it was just like, I wasn't bothered in the slightest. But also as well, it's like I've meddled at every world that I've been to in some capacity, whether it's been the total or an individual lift. I've meddled Mm -hmm. in every single world that I've been to. Like I didn't really care about winning a qualifier. Yeah. because I've always got the next goal in mind anyway. I just wanted to qualify and that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll routinely, like, I always won the British Championship, so like, I always automatically got the, got, got the qualify anyway. But if I was ever in a situation where I had to qualify for a British Championships, you better believe I'm just going and fucking getting the qualifying total and going home. I'm not, yeah. not going to do, like, max lifts when I don't need to. Sure. You know what I mean? And then... Yeah. Um, it was the second thing I was going to say, wasn't there? I mean, maybe. Ah, fuck I mean, it. We, I can't remember. It was, it was I mean, we, bullshit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, Birdo, I think we all started with just saying how Birdo was supportive and 3DMJ oh, podcast was, just, was good and, for you. And Thanks. what glorious hair. Mm. Oh. Yeah, he's like the polar opposite of you. You have a glorious chrome dome, he's got the glorious hair. Yeah, look how shiny it is, man. Fuck. It's good. Good ball. Feels good. Right, mate. I'll let you get away. Go and have a nice breakfast with your wife. Tell her hello from me. Up, I've, not, I've not met her before, but tell her hello from me. One of these days, she's going to have to be coming out to EPC when we have no more zombie apocalypse. But I will. Yeah. Mate, I want to make sure that I do way more shit like that when I can. I'm, I've, I've spent way too much time in my fucking bedroom over the, over the last few years. I'm going to start getting out of shit and fucking doing in-person podcasts with you and shit like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's the life, man. You got you to gotta get around. Take, yeah. take advantage of people who are willing to, to say, hey, you like to lift weights? So do I. Let's go do something. That's just yeah. crazy cool. It's class. Yeah. Right. All right, brother. Mate. It was good it talking was to you. fucking lovely having you on. Take care of yourself. Have a good day, mate. You too, brother. See you, lad. Bye.